Jacob things in that game. It's all right. J- uh, Toby's kind of the same way. If it don't got a ball or a gun, he's not playing it. <laughs> That's exactly. I'm, I'm with him on that. Uh, but something that is extremely Jacob is actually having a beer of the week, and it being Ooh. the Axeman Brewery Mean Duck Pale Ale, my favorite beer. Support your local brewery. Damn right. Crackety crack crack. Take it. Let me get a sip of tea since you just did that. Let me get a sip of tea. Mm. Oh, I was expecting like hot tea, and I was no, like, no, "Oh, no. damn, we're like Sweet on opposite tea, ends of the the like doing good things for our vocal cords range." Like, <laughs> you got a you got a tea with a lemon. I've got a beer. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Let Me Pod to you. I'm Jacob. You can block me on Twitter. We hate Jacob. I'm here with my co-host Dimitri. You can find him on Twitter at Dimitri Talks. Dimitri, how much do you fucking hate Jack Perry? Oh, bro, I don't even watch AEW, but I fucking hate Jack Perry. I've seen the news. I've seen the rumors. Fuck that guy. Well, our format here is top of the mid, bottom of the mid, which is Jack Perry always. Headline, which is fuck Jack Perry. Stocks rising and stocks falling, which is Jack Perry. These can be specific wrestlers, storylines, etc. to kick off the conversation. But first, Dimitri, who is top of the mid? Uh, top of the mid this week. How about, let's, let me call it top of the Miz, baby. It's top of the Miz. Awesome. <laughs> the Miz has been killing it. It feels like he, I don't know, he's bringing something back. Like, this feels like the Miz of old, where he's really, he's really going the fuck in with his promos, with everything, all his mannerisms. Bro came out, by the way, on Raw, uh, impersonating LA Knight. And that so was, good. it was so good. It was so funny. And it, he got me at first, you know, of course, from a distance, he looks a lot like LA Knight. And then, you know, obviously the close up, you see the, the funny ass beard he's got on. Oh, like, I was going to say something about that. The beard like, was so funny, but it was so good. I'm, we know this man's committed to impersonations when he mm-hmm. came out in a bald cap to impersonate yeah. the rock. So that, yep. That was elite too. This man is just great at impersonations. And that whole segment was hilarious. The yeah, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, what? Is actually something I asked for a while ago, but actually with Stone Cold and LA Knight. But we got the next closest thing, which is the Miz impersonating both of them. So that was pretty cool. It was a great segment. But like, and he did so much too. He's like, let me drop my voice an octave too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was really good. Well, let me talk to you. <laughs> what everybody's saying he did it all <laughs> he hit them all and and he made everything work too like mm-hmm. even at the end he was like with everybody saying m i z like he yep. the man can cut a fucking pro. golf clap yep and he, it was earlier this year i forget who he was wrestling but everyone on on twitter was like Wait, did the Miz download some lucha moves? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember this. I don't remember who he was wrestling either. Just like one week, he was like, he was just killing doing, it, <laughs> doing like cross bodies from the top rope. And it's like I've never seen the Miz do this. Like, what is he? What's he doing? Highly underrated, the Miz is. He's a yeah, great he, mid card talent. Extremely solid worker. Yep. Um, how do you think the Miz and L.A. Knight at Payback <laughs> is going to go? Uh, I gotta, we've been saying it for a while now that LA Knight's got to get this win, right? He's got to start winning at like a pay-per-view or something. You got to get that win. No. I, you don't think he's going to get it? No. <laughs> no. Well, I'm going to say, I, I think, I think he's going to get it. You think he's not going to get it and then they're going to do a rematch later? Yes. I think All the, right. I think the Miz is going to cheat with some nefarious activities yeah. I think he's going to do something, get a sneaky roll-up win, and act like he made him tap. Like he's gonna, the Miz is gonna get the win. It's gonna keep the storyline driving, and I could see this being like a best two out of three across three pay-per-views. I would prefer that actually because this is a great feud. So I would prefer it to go longer rather than shorter. I still want LA Knight to get the dub. I think it'd be cool. I think either way, something nefarious is going to happen, right? Like if LA Knight wins, maybe something funky happens during the match. And then Miz is like, it's not a fair win, blah, blah, blah. X, Y, and Z happened. I want an actual fair opportunity. 
I could see yeah. something like that happening. And like they've got they've got another like extremely mid pay per view coming in October, which is that's gonna uh, fast lane. Oh fuck! <laughs> so they're gonna need like mid card to fill a lot of time on that one. Like uh, payback. I'm gonna be honest with you. There's not that much that's compelling for payback. Like yeah. I don't think it looks bad, but like it doesn't look pay- bad. But it's not like it's not like something you look at and you're like, "Damn, that's gonna be a crazy pay per view." You're just like, "Yeah, yeah some good matches there." Payback and All Out this weekend are both very like mid card pay per views, mm. which is fine. That's no, I love okay. The mid-card. <laughs> uh, but then November 25th, so about seven weeks after Fastlane, is Survivor Series in Chicago. Mm. So it will be interesting to see what they do with Survivor Series. Like, are they going to do it as a Survivor Series War Games again? Um, and if they do, is like the time between Fastlane and Survivor Series going to be the Miz and LA Knight recruiting their teams. Mm. Is that the plan? So I could see that like being a long-term build and yes. these guys kind of being a, a, a main feud. The other option would, would essentially just be uh, the Judgment Day and a group of people having some beef with them. But the Tribal Chief is not scheduled for a while. Yeah, he's so, out. Bloodline Cinematic Universe, we'll see what happens after Jimmy comes back this Friday. Uh, but we didn't have anything else, obviously, you know, with yeah. what everything that happened with WWE this week was, you know, kind of torn up and started over with yep. um, Bray Wyatt's passing. So we had a lot of new stuff that had to kind of take that place. But, I mean, I don't think we're going to have a Bloodline... Who who do they even face in War Games last year? I don't even remember. I know Kevin Owens is on the other team, but was it Judgment Day people? I'm sitting here trying to think. Uh, I know that's when Sami Zayn proved his worth. Right, yeah. Damn, that was... Oh, damn. I can't believe that was that long ago. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, it's been almost a year. Yeah. Um, oops. I looked at the wrong ones. War mm-hmm. Games 22. Yeah, like I remember improving his worth, but I can't put my finger on who was in the match at the moment. Uh, oh my god. Seth Rollins had the United States title at that. Mm. Interesting. Uh, main event. Here we go. There we go, Bob. Wow, this is such compelling radio. Oh, facing <laughs> Team Brawling Brutes of Seamus, Ridge Holland, Butch, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens. Oh. That's why we didn't remember it, because yeah. it's a bunch of mid-carters that got together. The Brawling Brutes always just get thrown into shit, man. <laughs> yeah. So, that could be interesting if they decide to go back to the War Games route. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, like, Payback. Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura, we're going to talk about a little later. That, that's compelling. Like That story's been built really well. Yes. Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez, that's been built pretty well. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Damian Priest and Finn Balor. We've just had so many versions of this on Raw that I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory. Rey wins. Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, Steel Cage match. Too long. LA Knight and The Miz. Like, that's the card. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be away. Because it's my wife's birthday. So we're going to a fancy hotel and a spa. Oh, so hell we're yeah. not going to be watching wrestling. <laughs> but it, like, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm not missing much. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing anything with missing this pay-per-view. Wow, you got a, you got a great weekend planned. And you know what? Can, can we head into the headlines real quick? I got some exciting weekend festivities I wanted What's to talk about here. What's going on? So, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this. This is... My, I'm, I'm super, I'm actually really excited for this weekend. So, because you have one, two outdoor TVs, I got one outdoor TV. Okay. <laughs> Don't lead the people astray. Um, <laughs> one, I got a long weekend since Monday's a holiday. So, I got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all to myself. Two, okay. Starfield oh, comes out tonight. So, that's crazy in itself. Three, I finished all of my schoolwork yesterday in preparation for tonight. And 
four college football five i got a goddamn fantasy draft and six we got this pay-per-view and although i wasn't very excited for the pay-per-view in the first place just the fact that it's just thrown into this weekend where i just got a billion things that i'm excited for just combining into one weekend has got me just so excited and this is just like a weekend from the heavens i just i've been blessed i'm very excited for this so thank you fantasy football gods wrestling gods gaming overlords for just coming together on this weekend for me i really needed this it's a beautiful time <laughs> i'm really glad i'm really happy for you i'm so excited <laughs> it, La- labor day weekend is always a good a good weekend though it's it comes at a really nice time because yes. everything it, it's starting to not be like brutally humid oh my god today was beautiful <laughs> like Man, it it was like 75 today, and it was like a very comfortable 75. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like 70 tomorrow. It's perfect weather for a fire. Like it's it's great. It's gonna be it's gonna be a very good weekend. I'll give Hell you that. Yeah. And now to the main headline. <laughs> fuck you, Jack Perry. Yeah, you fucking. CM dingus. Punk is sensitive. We all know <laughs> that he is sensitive. He says, if you have an issue, come talk to him. Don't do that. Keep it to your goddamn self. Don't do that. (laughs) I hope that Jack Perry gets buried. I hope that this is the end of him in AEW. His his heel turn? Trash. Garbage. Like, this whole thing started because he wanted to do a pre-tape on Collision for Dynamite where he got put through real glass and CM Punk said, uh, no, sounds like you want to get yourself hurt so you don't come to work. So that didn't happen. And Jack's been salty about it. So at All In, on the fucking Zero Hour, the buy-in show, like, Jack Perry, you think you're t- fucking shit? You're not on the pay-per-view. You're on the buy-in. You're on YouTube, buddy. Mm-mm-mm, pal. I'm getting mad. Oh I'm boy. so I'm so upset. <laughs> I am so upset about this. So they'd have a spot where Jack so Jack comes in in a in a limo cuz he's a heel. So he he all of a sudden he's a heel so he has some money. Um <laughs> he comes in in a limo and at at a certain point like he kind of knocks on the the windshield and he's like real glass cry me or river and then Hook suplexes him through the windshield. What a and he child. gets like a cut on his arm and on his back. Whoopty shit. John Moxley Whoop. fucking skewered himself in the head. <laughs> I've like, seen that picture a million times. <laughs> like, good, good for you? Like, if anything, CM Punk was looking out for you, Jack. He's been in the business a long time. You want to know why he's been in the business a long time? Because he wasn't putting himself through glass on a pre-tape. Doesn't seem like a smart decision, bro. Like I said, we all know I'm not an AEW watcher, but I've seen a fair share of this drama on the internet because the internet cannot get enough of it. And to be frank, uh, I got to say, the little bit I do know about the situation, the whole Jack Perry thing does seem very unnecessary and annoying. And we all know how CM Punk is. He's always been the same way. He's kind of a hothead. But I feel like he he gets a little bit misunderstood from a lot of folks because he just like he really is like a straight shooter. Like he tells it how it is. He's like blunt and like truthful to a fault. So like if he feels you're doing something stupid, he's gonna say, hey, you're doing fucking you're doing something fucking stupid. Stop. And like that rubs some people the wrong way. And some people can take it, right? Some people understand, like, oh, that's just the way it is. And some people just take it so personally and elevate it to a level it doesn't need to be elevated to. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really, like, if I had to work somewhere with CM Punk, this is where I would see it is. If I had to work somewhere where a guy acted like CM Punk, I would probably think he was an asshole. I'd probably yep. complain about him to a few coworkers. Sure. But I'm not gonna, like cause a big scene because this guy just is the way he is like it just is what it is i don't know but also if i worked with that guy and that guy is the reason that the company i work for just got a gigantic fat fucking contract from warner brothers discovery to stay on television for another five years 
yeah, I'm going to let him do his asshole shit that he needs to do because him being here is helping pay my bills. I ain't even bring in the fact that he's clearly a veteran, a guy who's been around the block, who knows what he's talking about. So like, he's the biggest name in the company, right? He's bigger than the company, which mm -hmm. isn't necessarily a good thing. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but like, Jack, you are not shit. You've done <laughs> nothing. You've held the, the AEW tag team titles and the FTW title. And part of the reason you got those tag belts is because Christian Cage was your manager. You missed out on a really good opportunity there. You said, Jack, you are not shit. You should have said, Jack, you are Jack shit. That would have, <laughs> that would have been fire. <laughs> so to get, to get into the reporting side of this, this is, uh, I'll link the articles in the show notes. These are from Cage Side Seats since Fightful decided to only have video versions that I couldn't read from on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> these Cage Side Seats articles are also, uh, they're quoting uh, Wrestling Observer Live as well as Fightful as well as um, a few other sources. This happened in Gorilla. As Punk was getting ready to go out with Joe because they were opening all in, Jack was the last match on the pre-show, so he was coming back through. He either allegedly, Jack, said something, did something. Uh, other sides of the story say that CM Punk started it and said, do you have a problem with me? Uh, Jack says something along the lines of, well, you heard what I said. And then CM Punk says, you know I can beat your ass, right? Then there's an incident where, and it's very unclear what exactly happened, but there are some that say Jack tried to shove CM Punk. There are others that said Punk put his hand in Jack's face and shoved him away by his face. Hilarious. Like, <laughs> way to big dog him. Like, I'm not just going to push you. I'm going to grab your face and push you away with your face. Um, they got into more of a kerfuffle. Uh... Punk put Jack in a front headlock, like guillotine style. Again, way to big dog him, punker. Happy for you. <laughs> uh, and then there was enough people there that it was broken up. But because this was in Gorilla, Tony Khan was there. Tony Khan saw it. So this is much less of last year's brawl out where mm. it was in a locker room where there's no one except the people who were involved in the incident and no cameras. That is the latest development from Fightful Select, that there were cameras in Gorilla, as there normally are, because they want to have that backstage stuff that'll come out on digital or come out later. That's like, you know, people coming back in from the back and, you know, hugging it out or get, being congratulated, all that kind of stuff. So they have cameras there that saw some stuff that was going on. Also, according to Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful, uh, on today's uh, press call, Tony Khan said he hoped to be able to tell fans whether or not to expect Punk at all out before the show, but stopped short of promising that he would. For his part, Punk seemed in good spirits this weekend because he received an award at the Cauliflower Alley Club, um, where he was with, you know, uh, what's his name? The guy, who's the fella from the 2000s that wears the bad suits and a cowboy hat? JBL. JBL, thank you. J <laughs> there's pictures of... <laughs> I couldn't think of his name. Um, there, there were pictures of him with JBL. There are pictures of Punk with Rey Mysterio. So there's lots of people there. Um, and Punk looked very smiley. I mean, he's at an event where he's getting an award. He gave a you know pretty vanilla speech thanking the legends that helped him pave the way. Uh, but yeah, so that's the CM Punk Jack Perry situation. I blame Jack. Fire Jack. Let CM Punk come back. Um, and if he's suspended <laughs> for now, let a suspension end by September 16th when I'm going to be at collision. So that's yeah, all I have to say. About that'd that. be nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a great little heated segment there. Look at you. I've been so mad about this, <laughs> like livid. Yeah. Because I mean, yes, of course, like card is subject to change. Card is always subject to change. Yeah. But you buy collision tickets cause that's a CM Punk show. He's yeah. a collision guy. They put out a shirt for CM Punk that said, I'm a collision guy. You know, like... Collider I gang is upset. Really, I was really hoping to see CM Punk. The House of Black just lost the tag belts as well. 
Um, the acclaimed are now calling themselves the House of Ass, which is really funny. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's good. They they got new belts that have a pink strap and scissors on the back where the like belts meet. That's which sick. is nice. Uh, um, so like I won't, I might not get to bark it for Brody King too. Like, oh, he also uh, allegedly broke his hand, um, during his match. Damn. Uh, yeah. So I I wanted yeah. to see CM Punk. Hopefully you can. Well, we're we're planning new signs. We're planning a free CM Punk that has his, you know, him behind bars, and then also a fuck Jack Perry sign. So we're gonna see how long it takes us to get that confiscated. Wear bright clothes, because we're gonna be straight back of camera, baby. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure if I see you on TV, I'll screenshot it and send it to you. Woo! <laughs> All right, let's move away from AEW for a brief moment. And to probably the most compelling match from uh, Payback. You'd say this is the most compelling match. I think the build's been pretty good. I'd say it's pretty good, too. See? I told you. The, the you, Shinsuke you promo me. did really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, I really... I just... Uh, I wanted to say, man. This this whole... Sh- this Shinsuke stuff that they're doing with the... Uh, just the subtitles and just having them, like, speak freely and just kind of be, like, more of, like, a Lone Ranger kind of, like, unpredictable badass. I like this. Like, yep. it feels like for the past few years, Shinsuke's just been kind of floating the mid-card, just having random fights every now and then. And the last memorable thing I remembered him doing is, like, tagging with Boogs. And that's just because Pat McAfee, like, loved that shit and he would go, Boogs! And, you know... That that well, was a great time. But before, go ahead. Before he tagged with Rick Boogs, he did have the Intercontinental belt. Yeah. And, but it, yeah. I mean, but it was like most of what that was was like you'd have, my name is Rick Boogs, yeah. and I'm here to rock with the Intercontinental champ, Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> and then he would play Shinsuke. I think song. that was the most memorable part of the run is the problem for me. Because like, Yep, not the wrestling. There's no wrestling or like promo in that whole thing that like I remember where I'm like, damn, that was fucking crazy. It was like it was like an open challenge kind of thing, but they never said it was an open challenge. But he wrestled every week on SmackDown. Yeah, so I've been like meh about Shinsuke for a while. Although I know like Shinsuke has the talent, it's just been like kind of a just a run of the mill, just boring kind of run for him for a long time. And we finally have gotten like a little opening of character, a little bit creativity here. Again, I don't even think it's his fault. I think it's just been what he's been given. But finally, he's been given this opportunity to kind of showcase his ability. And it's been really good. It's been refreshing. Uh, It honestly has elevated his character a ton. Like, if he continues with this after this Seth uh, feud, I'd be interested in feuding with, like, plenty of other people on the roster. So, I hope they stick with this whole new... It feels like a new character where he's just more fierce, ready to fight, like, kind of a just ruthless um i saw on twitter today that um his character now seems almost like a an unstoppable anime villain yeah that that's what it's like like a yakuza anime villain kind of style guy yeah and like he's he's scary like he's He's frightening for the first time like it seems realistic like at first i was like we're putting shinsuke here really and like now i'm like all right yeah i like it should be here yeah, I my one thing, I hope that with this kind of character change, we get some new gear because I hate Shinsuke's gear. I like the gear, bro. I hate it. I hate it <laughs> so much. I like it. I, I, I would only like li- it. I would like I only... it so much more if it was just the pants, but the like <laughs> G- V all the way down to the belt buckle kind of thing going. I'm not not having that. I think I, I I think I like it just because it's so like different. Like I don't see nobody dressing like that. <laughs> who's a wrestler. There's like, a he's reason. Got a, he's got a unique look. I fuck There's with it. There's a reason. <laughs> I dig it. But All hey. right, whatever. <laughs> uh well, now we had our regularly scheduled WWE break. We're back to AEW. <laughs> Stock rising, Orange Cassidy. Uh Orange Cassidy has been on the run of his life. Uh, he is the international champion. He has the most successful title defenses of any singles champion in AEW history. I think of any champion. Full stop. Wow. Um, not the longest title reign yet, but it is the most title defenses. 
Um, he has been working his ass off. They did the stadium stampede match at All In. Um, Orange Cassidy, best friends. Uh, God, I can't think of his name. New York guy, Eddie Kingston. <laughs> New York the, guy <laughs> against the Blackpool Combat Club and uh, Mike Santana and Ortiz. Very bloody, very very bloody. Um, <laughs> Orange took a fork to the head. He at mm. the end of the match, he took duct tape and wrapped it the wrong way around his hand. Broke a bottle and covered it in glass for his orange punch. Damn. And then last night on Dynamite. He successfully defended his title against uh, Penta El Obscuro, which is Penta's alter alter ego, because he was an all red, so you know it's Obscuro, not Miedo. Um, and he won. And at the end of Dynamite, he cut a promo. I will link it in the show notes because it was very good. There are some people that have said uh, that he was shooting on Punk. Because he said something along the lines of, you know, I'm here every week. I'm here. I'm wrestling. I'm defending the international championship because this means everything to me. This is what AEW is. And then towards the, the very end of the promo, he said, and my name's Orange Cassidy. And I don't have a catchphrase. And then he dropped the mic. <laughs> I love that. So he, you know, going out of character with like cutting a middle of the ring promo after a successful match. And then ending it in character of like, this is my name. I don't have a catchphrase. Um, Orange Cassidy is facing John Maxley at All Out for the international title. This is a match that is three years in the making, according to Tony Khan. He has wanted to book this for a very long time because they have such different styles, such different characters. There's like polar opposites. So... Tony Khan originally had this booked for, I think, All Out 2021, but either one of them was injured or sick or something like that, which um, made that not happen. But we're getting it this weekend. I think, who, excuse me, I think this might be where Orange Cassidy's international title ends. Because mm. part of that promo, he also called out Moxley and he said, You're going to need more than a fork to beat me. And so Moxley's like, Okay, I'll bring a gun. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Moxie said, okay, brat. <laughs> but yeah, Orange Cassidy, major props, mate. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that promo. So uh, I had no idea what he had said. So thanks for breaking that down, brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And back to WWE. Back to double double E. <laughs> we're, hey. we're like bouncing between all in, all out, and payback this entire podcast. Yep, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Wrestling all over the place. And um, you know what? I have uh, been pleasantly surprised recently of uh, what I've seen from uh, Raquel Rodriguez. Um, because I have not been a fan at all up until this point. At like, all? At all. Zero percent? Zero percent. Did not really like when she was on TV. Didn't like when she was a part of any tag team. It just kind of felt like... Just kind of felt like literal filler content. Like, wherever she was, was filler for me. And that's what it felt like. Um, but... Damn, I thought she was boring. I didn't think she was that boring. I thought she was boring, bro. It just felt like the old... You've seen the, you've seen the memes. Yeah, yeah, Her yeah. personality is she has a back. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that's a good point <laughs> it has changed a little bit here we've gotten a little bit of personality we've gotten a little bit of uh a little bit of feistiness here and it's been interesting so this is the first time i've been like even mildly interested in raquel rodriguez's character now i will say i've enjoyed some of her tag i've enjoyed some of her tag team runs but not because of her more because of uh what's her name jersey girl what's her name um live morgan yes live morgan i don't know why i couldn't think of that but i like that tag but you team remembered run. she's from jersey yeah <laughs> she loves pizza um <laughs> i really like that run because of live but anyways uh this this feud's gone decently so far because this is the first time that it feels like Rhea has um actually been booked well against somebody so yep. like it's been a good thing for both raquel and Rhea. Um, and yeah, it's just like for the first time during 
I mean, has Rhea had any other uh, challenger that seemed like remotely? There's been Zelina, and there's been. Uh... <laughs> Silence speaks volumes. <laughs> it's been Zelina, Natalia, and that's it. Yeah, Natalia been, twice. Or I, three I times. think she squashed Candice LeRae on a random Raw, yeah. but like she's been the the women's world champion since wrestlemania yeah we've got like haven't put together anything for yeah so this is this is like refreshing uh for both of them raquel gets some personality other than having a back Rhea gets a challenger that's like actually a challenger and like Mm -hmm. i don't think i don't think raquel's gonna beat her but it's finally intriguing so i will watch the match and i'm excited for it yeah i think it'll be a good match i mean it's for the first time, a, an actual physical threat for Rhea. Yeah. Um, th- like, Natalia, legend, old. Zelina, tiny. Like, <sighs> Zelina versus Rhea was like, it was, oh, you're not a soccer person. Um, <laughs> a, few, a few years ago in a United States versus Mexico match, uh, this little Mexican midfielder was like trying to square up to like the United States like biggest defender, mm-hmm. Matt Miazga. And Miazga looked at him, looking down at him and went, <laughs> like, that's how that match felt. Like, yeah. really? You're down there. So it, it's nice that they found like kind of a, a mix that, that should be able to work well together. I will say, uh, you mentioned Natalia. There was that one match. Do you know what I'm talking about? That one the match. The third one. <laughs> yeah. That was a fucking banger. I would actually, that's a match I would go back and rewatch just because it was actually that good. That was a oh, fucking banger. Shocker. Natalia's good at wrestling when you let her wrestle. I know, right? You're like crazy. She's not booked mm. in a squash match and it's actually good. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> crazy. Like any, any, anytime I think of. Natalia, when she's allowed to actually like go, it's a banger. She's a bit, it's good. It's really yeah. good. Uh huh. But for the most part, she's just been booked to put um other talent over. Like all the, belt, the time. Really. I yeah. remember it was a uh, in one of those podcast episodes we were looking at. Uh, I had pulled up her like win loss record, and it was like oh, yeah, absolutely was goddamn insane. So yeah, staying on Natalia for a second. Like I remember when she had a, a little feud with Ronda Rousey. Thank God she's gone. Um, but she's Natalia, gone. but Natalia had a feud with her, and she carried the whole feud. Duh. But Duh. like there was one, there was one Raw where she Raw or SmackDown, I can't remember. But she d- dressed like Ronda Rousey, like she did her like eye makeup like a fucking huh. idiot. Yeah. And then came to the ring with like a baby stroller and called Ronda's baby ugly. Oh hell yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Damn. So good. <laughs> uh, but then she got booked to be squashed. So Of course. Yeah, that's 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 the way of Natalia. But we both have uh Rhea retaining. Yes. Yes. Uh yes. and Shinsuke. What do you think's gonna happen in that one? I don't think we said. Seth's gonna win. Seth's gonna win. Yeah. Cash in? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. You just want to be me so bad. So true. <laughs> um, all right. <clears throat> I was going to say last bit of all in, but it's not. I'm still going to talk about it the rest of the episode. <laughs> I wanted to just quickly, I'm going to very quickly go match by match on all in. Run it. Because I thought the show was really good. It was really fun. Um, I actually had to leave in the middle of it, but like, as soon as I got home, I was straight back on the laptop watching it, and I was, it was so good, start to finish. Like, I, I don't think there was a bad match all the way through. There were some uh, choices that Tony <laughs> Khan made, um, you know, like putting the AEW Women's World Championship uh, four-way match in a terrible slot in the card, like, dead in the middle between like two good matches and it being the shortest match on the card at nine minutes in a fatal four way. Damn. So that's a yikes, but it was, you know, what happened in the match, you know, the wrestling was good. The story was really good with Tony storm, um, or Soraya thinking Tony turned on her ending. 
also a bit questionable. Saraya winning the belt, you know, it's a nice, nice story. She came back from her neck issues to win a you know, world women's world title, but Hikaru Shida was a transitional champ of two weeks. That kind of sucks for her. Like, could have just had Saraya take the belt off Tony. You didn't could need have. to do this. Hmm, interesting. Uh, and if anything, that would have actually progressed your storyline a bit further because Soraya thought Tony was turning on her. Then now they think they turned on each other. So anyway, uh, opened with the real world championship, CM Punk and Samoa Joe. The way that match was a banger, <laughs> that match was so good. I'm gonna have to watch and it because CM I, Punk, I already know it's it had to be a banger. Those two. and CM Punk almost quit AEW mm. before going through that curtain. Like he was like, "I'm fucking done. I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore." And instead, he did the match. Him and Samoa Joe did that shit. What? <laughs> like the the match started like a few minutes late because CM Punk was like, "No, nah, I'm done with it. I'm not doing this anymore." And Samoa Joe had to get him to be like. You're not fucking this up for us. There's 81,000 people out there. They bought tickets to see us wrestle. We're going to wrestle. Yeah, it would have been really fucked if he didn't wrestle. It was so good. It was so good. So good. Like, they they all did their things. There's um, a spot in the match where Samoa Joe does a thrust kick to Punk. And um, he like does the whole like spit to make it look worse, but it, his mouth was bleeding too. So there's a still of Joe's foot. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And then Punk beats Joe clean on a Pepsi plunge from like the top rope. I'm like, my God! Like they just went absolutely off in this match. It was amazing. It was so good. Uh, CM Punk retained. Duh. <laughs> uh, AEW Tag Team Championships FTR and the Young Bucks uh, I didn't feel this match quite as much it was it was still good towards the end it felt like m- m- a little bit of kind of Dax Harwood versus the Young Bucks rather than FTR um, some funny signs uh, the, the crowd was also chanting Wheeler's got a gun to the tune of Janie's got a gun oh my um because, you know, the Brits, they're going to find a song and replace a word. <laughs> um, FTR is also supposed to be like, fear the revolution or fuck the revolution or something like that. And there was a sign straight back of the ring that said, fear the revolver. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's really that good. That was good. <laughs> FTR retained. Um, AEW Trios Championship, the House of Black lost to the House of Ass. Um, that was a really good match. Billy Gunn. I still can't believe that man's that old. <laughs> like, he, he was doing everything out there. Uh, the Golden Elite, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page versus Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson, Jay White, and Kenosuke Takeshka. I don't remember how this ended. I think it was kind of an awkward roll-up end with Takeshka pinning um, Kenny. And they are running it back one-on-one at All Out. So, sure. Sure. Jericho and Will Ospreay. I may have made fun of Will Ospreay's accent last week. <laughs> there there may be some evidence out there that shows that I made fun of... You might have done that, yeah. ...Brov's accent. <laughs> he can fucking go. He is... I was wondering how this match would go just with both of them. It's such a weird combination, I feel. Uh, Osprey carried Jericho and made Jericho look good. Like, he made Jericho look really good. And it was... It was such a good match. Uh, Will Osprey... I also learned recently, Cody's Cody Cutter? He stole that from Osprey. Osprey's Os Cutter. Interesting. Because Cody has a rule that if he wrestles you five times, he can steal your moves. <laughs> um, I've I've seen him say this multiple times now in multiple interviews. Um, so he stole the os cutter, and he even like I saw this thing talking about it, and he, Cody was even saying he's like, yeah, I stole it, and I love the Cody cutter because I think it looks really cool and it's fun to do, but it's no os cutter. And then like Osprey, like I don't even know how to describe him to someone who hasn't seen him, like. I mean, I've it's, seen, like, clips of his matches here and there. But it's, it's, 
he can do shit in the air like Ricochet, but he also has like the physique and the power to do like Moxley kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like on the ground. But then he also has the personality that he can like cut a pretty fucking intense promo. That's one thing I wasn't make sure. You of. Believe it. I had no like, idea what his pro game. I mean, it's I very no much. Idea. You know, it's very like <laughs> Love Island, buff kind of guy. But like, it gets you there. It does it. Mm. So Will Osprey is going straight to the top. Like WWE and AEW should absolutely one hundred percent be on notice of when his contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling expires and give him a big offer. Because whoever gets him is getting a potential face of the company guy. He's like Damn. 29, 30. Like, he's got a lot left in the tank. Oh, yeah, that's and young been, for wrestlers. <laughs> and he's been killing it in yeah. New Japan. So, uh, let me just get his age right before we move on. But uh, he's 30, yeah. So, he, he's got a lot left. And like, early. I would yeah. love to see him more. Like, absolutely love to see him more. AEW's definitely got their foot in the door because they've put them on some big pay-per-views um, that they've had. So, uh, Stadium Stampede match we talked about. Uh, MJF and Adam Cole beat Ozzy Open in the Zero Hour to get the ROH World Tag Team Championships, which was surprising. I didn't think that was going to happen. But they Max hit his kangaroo kick, and they also finally hit the double clothesline and won. Hmm. Then they get everything else. Oh, coffin match. Darby Allen and Sting, Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage. Good storytelling. Um, Sting's insane. There was a table spot towards the beginning where the table didn't break. And oh, Sting God. just like got himself back up. He went back up on the apron and he did like a leg drop through the table on Swerve instead. To, to And like, I was like. Bro said, yeah, it didn't break the first time. It's breaking this time. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Sting, I love when he does his no-sell on a chair shot. Like, at one point, Swerve grabs a chair and, like, like Swerve has Christian in the his ankle lock. It was a scorpion mm-hmm. death lock thing. Um, and Swerve hits him in the back with a chair. And Sting just drops Christian. And just turns around and stares at Swerve, and Swerve's like, "Oh shit, I love I love a no sell on a chair shot like that. Like that's very <laughs> fun for me." A uh, couple good false finishes. There was one where uh, Sting had his bat in the coffin and made sure the coffin couldn't shut with the bat there. Um, Darby did a coffin drop onto Swerve in the coffin, and then they finally got it shut. The match shouldn't have ended, though, because Swerve's hair was sticking out, but that's, you know, I'm a stickler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shouldn't have ended, actually. <laughs> but it was it was fun. It was good. Um, Christian Cage is going to continue his war on dads going Damn forward. right. I'm uh, on board for that. In the AEW World Championship match, MJF and Adam Cole, MJF retained. That match was a war. There is one point where they each hit a clothesline on each other, so it was like their tag team double clothesline move, but on each other, uh, where they both fell down and their arms were each covering each other. One, two, three. It's a draw. They pinned each other. So they get a they get a mic in the ring. Adam Cole runs back the five more minutes, and MJF goes no, and the crowd boos, and he goes. We're going to do this as long as it fucking takes. And they get back to it. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, two ref bumps. The the ref took a Panama Sunrise, which is like... Have you seen the Panama Sunrise? Nope. Okay, so uh, Adam Cole is on the middle rope, I think. And he like... And then uh, he jumps down, and it's kind of like a Canadian Destroyer after that. So it's like, okay. jump down, grab the guy, Canadian Destroyer. Yeah. Max shoves the ref in front of him. So the ref... And so Bryce Remsburg, major props, man. Does the flippiness to pull off the move. Ref's oh, wow. dead. <laughs> then there's some... Um, R.I.P. Then there's some, you know, chances for, you know, some... Max pulls the dynamite diamond ring out of his trunks. 
puts it on and he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But he couldn't do it. He's a changed man. It's oh, a clean wow. match. He's That's a baby face now. Yeah. It's his it's his bro Chacho. Damn. Uh Max Come ends up way. Max ends up winning the match in the end, but Brotherhood is forever. Um Friendship. Roderick Strong and the Kingdom are still Whoa, why'd you leave us? And apparently Roderick Strong and the Kingdom came out on Dynamite and <laughs> it wasn't Matt Taven, it was the other guy. I don't remember his name. <laughs> but he was trying to talk. And the crowd in Chicago is just chanting, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up for his whole oh, promo. Because <laughs> no one gives a fuck about the kingdom. No one cares. And that was All In. All In was really fun. I, had, I really enjoyed it. I've heard great and, things about it. I heard and, somebody uh, saying some hater shit that it felt like a uh, indie show. A glorified indie show. Don't remember who said that. Might have been Eric Bischoff. Sounds like something he'd say. Yeah, glorified indie show with 81,000 fucking people there. Like, it's the uh, highest bought ticket show in wrestling history. Really? It might have been Eric Bischoff. I'm going to have to look into it. But whoever That's said it some said... some fucking dumb shit. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the background. Whoever said it, I'm going to look into it. But whoever said it said it was because, like... It didn't have, like, they were billing it as, like, their WrestleMania. And he was like, it doesn't feel like WrestleMania. The moments don't feel like WrestleMania moments. Instead, it felt like a really big, albeit well-booked, indie show. Like, a really good indie show. Just the way it was, the way it was put together, the way the matches happened. That's what they said. I don't know. I didn't watch it, so I have no opinion. But it sounds like that's some hater shit. Just off the top. Just hearing it from it, somebody's mouth, it sounds like hater shit. It felt competitive to a WrestleMania to me. Uh, okay. But that that just sounds like some straight hater shit. Yeah, it does. Like, people who still don't take <laughs> AEW seriously. Like, I get it. Like, AEW started and they could barely sell 5,000 tickets, you know, in a 20,000-seat arena. Like, duh. But they just put 81,000 asses on seats that paid. And they specifically, for the attendance announcement gave the paid attendance they have they have said that with comps and other you know free ticket whatever happened you know that stuff happens it was probably closer to ninety thousand. yeah but they specifically said 81 and they wanted to keep it legit i've seen some really good jokes of wwe saying eighty two thousand people are going to be at a payback though um (laughs) so that's pretty pretty good um sticking with this for one more moment Mm -hmm. one more moment and then i'll finally be done with all in why is all out this weekend oh my god why did you why did you book two pay-per-views back to back like couldn't i just feel like it would have been so nice to sink in this moment that was just created like let it let it let it breathe for a little bit right yeah and then you had to have your 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 main television show dynamite this week not only be a fallout show, but a go home show for your next paper. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> and according to all the reports, they're doing it again next year. What a weird Tony, thing. Tony Khan really likes the idea of both uh, events being on the bank holiday weekends in both countries. It's different. I, it's <laughs> that's for sure. There's your indie. It's different. <laughs> Tony Khan has also said that he did try to work with the pay-per-view providers to bundle these, but apparently like he could with some but not others, so he didn't want to do that because it would be unfair to some people. Mm-hmm. There have also been continuing talks with Warner Brothers Discovery to start hosting these as premium live events on Max. Hope that happens, bro, because I'll watch a lot more. Because I wanted to tune into this, and I didn't... Uh... I didn't really uh, look into the nefarious ways to watch, but next time I'll ask around to some people and find out how I can watch this. I got a guy oh. I've been talking to. He might be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> look, I was just, I, I, had a, I had the VPN on, and I had a lot of clicks to strange links on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I really just don't get that. So that's my stock falling, is don't book pay-per-views back-to-back weekends. Especially like WWE's putting one this weekend too. So it's like we had a pay per view last weekend, 
a WWE pay-per-view this weekend, and then the next day, a mid-card pay-per-view from AEW. It's like, it's too much. Like, I need a break. Um, like, I don't feel like I'm missing anything from, you know, for, for this, for All Out. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing it if I miss it. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, watch this. Speaking of uh, pay-per-views, uh, you like that? You see that transition I just did there? Well, let's I see did where that. it goes. Speaking of pay-per-views, uh, you know, uh, we got uh, Payback coming up. We've been talking about it. And um, looking at the card, one thing that is missing for me, which I thought was interesting, no EO Sky, which mm-hmm. is strange. She's got a lot of hype. Everybody seems to be really happy that she's champion. I really would have uh, been cool to see her get in here, but I guess she really doesn't have any real feuds going on. So, Okay. Um, and then no Gable, no Chad Gable on the goddamn, on the payback. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought that was a, I know Triple H said that he doesn't want to overbook it. I don't feel like it's overbooked unless something crazy is happening. We don't know about, and he doesn't want to like have things like overlap and overshadow each other, but it doesn't feel overbooked to me. I feel like it would have been great to have, uh, Chad Gable and, Pittsburgh and you know if possible bring out Kurt Angle for a cool little spot I feel like that's the perfect time but we're putting Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory on the card instead yeah like what is this choice who made this choice I just I I mean I don't think anybody's looking forward to the Rey Mysterio and uh Austin Theory match no that's that's the Walk away match. Nobody's looking forward to that match. No disrespect to Rey Mysterio, goddamn legend. Uh, but nobody's looking forward to that match. Uh, I would have much rather had that match on, say, a SmackDown rather than having Chad Gable and goddamn Gunta on a on a Raw. Like that's just been an ongoing storyline. The storyline with Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory is that Rey took his belt. Yeah, we could have finally. Like, and we're all happy about it. And I don't know if he's worried about like. Like I said, I don't know if he's got some crazy happening or if he's worried about like this overshadowing like the World Heavyweight Championship match cuz Chad Gable versus Gunther is like a main event level match. I think it could be a main event in itself. But I don't know, bro. I would have just thrown it on the fucking card cuz it's something we've been looking forward to. It's really exciting and I feel like it would have made a very like, if that was on the card instead of the Rey Mysterio and fucking Theory match, I just feel like it would have made the card, the card look that much better. Like, just from looking at it. Maybe, maybe this is his way of trying to restore something to the United States title. But <laughs> I, I don't care about the United States title right now. I don't give yeah. a shit. I'm much more invested in, is Gunther going to beat Honky Tonk Man's record? Is Gunther going to be able to beat Chad Gable for this belt? Like the 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 U.S. title is so secondary right now because one we had it on Theory for so long and that was a god awful run. Two because when it came off of Theory, it went to Rey Mysterio and again, legend. No disrespect to Rey Mysterio, but Rey Mysterio as a U.S. champ right now at this age at this point in his career does like nothing for me. I'm gonna be honest, doesn't do anything for me. Let's let's stay with this, you know, odd booking decisions. Uh huh. Like Eo Sky's been the champion for a month. Yeah. And they interrupted a tag team match and hurt Bianca Belair, and that's it. That's it, bro. I mean, we've got <laughs> we've got what nothing. a weird start to a title reign. We've got like nothing good on TV. The only thing I've seen good from this so far is Eo being goddamn adorable on the internet with the title being really excited that she has a title and you know what? Cool. I love that for her, but okay, I want to yeah, see some great, more on like, TV. Cut a, cut a fucking promo. Like, <laughs> exactly. What are you? Yes. What type of t- championship brain is this? Are you a fighting champion? Are you, are you going to take Bailey's slimy heel advice? Mm-hmm. Is Bailey going to try to come for that title? Cause she wants some gold. Like what is happening? I hope There's this, nothing happening. I hope this is just like a weird lull where the creative just had no plans for payback. And I hope, I hope that immediately after payback, we finally get some good storytelling, maybe some sort of direction for this. Because right now, you know, she won the championship. That was the high. Since then, we've it's been 
dead. I've forgotten that there's a women's <laughs> title on SmackDown. It's been dead in the water. Yeah. So, yeah, we need something to happen soon. Please. Yeah, both com- both these fucking companies need to book women better. Like they, Exactly. Because they- it feels WWE like... WWE was doing so good for a while, and then uh-huh. just gone off a fucking cliff. Tony Khan's fucking Tony Khan. I know what I'm going to get out of him. But, like... It feels like with them, you get, like... It's like almost they're like here you get you get your one match you got your your Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez be happy with it like no dog there's so many I'm more people not. I want more <laughs> give me feed me more shout out to Ryback <laughs> uh, oh shit and you have another payback match on on here too yeah I'm not I'm not loving this uh, KO Sammy stuff uh. I said a long time ago, maybe like five, six, seven podcasts ago that, um, the, the tag team, it's just kind of, uh, the steam is just kind of run low. You know, I'm not, I'm not really that excited about it. It feels like they've been kind of floating and it still feels like they've just been kind of floating. Like I just, they've been doing their thing where like, you know, Sami Zayn comes out, crowd cheers, sings the steam song. Oh, he comes out, says some things. And then KO is there for comedic relief, the hothead. And you know, that's, that's pretty much what it's been. It's been no meaningful story. Just them playing those like good guy and comedic relief, hothead characters every week on TV. And like, they're great at what they do, but like they got the titles and I want like something important or meaningful to happen rather than just feeling like we're floating here. Cause when the titles were on the Usos, we knew the titles were on the Usos cause it was important. And when they had matches, it felt big. And again, I'm not blaming these two for it, but it just hasn't felt as big. Like these titles, like, I don't know. They just, they've lost a little bit of luster. These their stories, the, the characters themselves have lost a little luster. And I just really want things to turn around. And and this is again, you know, they won these titles at WrestleMania and yeah. we've been kind of treading water for four months with them. Yes. Um it's I think there have been some injuries yes, and some definitely. outside circumstances that have kind of played into that a little bit. But they've defended them a lot, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. And I've almost thought that their title reign has kind of been stop start, and part of that has been their their booking with you know, bloodline fallout. That's been part of this story too. And I think we're finally past that point. Yeah. And I'm really ready for them to be past this judgment day point too. Yes. bro. A lot of this card has been triple H is like, I don't want to overbook. How about stop booking the same fucking thing over and over. And like, this is a big WWE complaint that like, I have a lot is you will see the same version of a different match. A million times. Yeah. Sami Zayn versus Finn Balor. Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens versus Damian Priest. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for <laughs> the belts against Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest. Oh, actually, this week it's going to be Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Oh, next week it's going to be Finn Balor and Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest versus KO, Sami Zayn, and Seth Rollins. Like, I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. I've seen this. I've seen this. And this is just a tool to progress the Judgment Day storyline. You're taking away from your titles. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? I'm sure there's a vision. And I'm sure on paper you can kind of connect the dots and, like, see where it's going to go. But on television right now, it's not coming across. And at this pay-per-view, it's not coming across. The tag team belts should be defended against fucking tag teams. Yeah. That's a great Not point. You two used. of three fucking people in a faction. That's a great point you used there that like, I'm sure, I'm sure they do have a vision, right? I'm sure they have like some sort of plan. At least I'd hope so. They have some sort of plan in mind, right? And they're going somewhere with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like as a uh, viewer, um, it hasn't been a pleasant experience to say the least. Uh, waiting for something. It feels like we're waiting for something to happen. Just waiting for things to happen. And I don't yep. want to feel like I'm waiting for things to happen. I just want, you know, I want, I want quality television. I want entertainment. That's why I'm here. You know, sports entertainment. Entertain me, please. I don't want to see the same thing over and over again. And, and along those lines, like, there's an interview, like, Trish Stratus was doing some press ahead of Payback, and mm-hmm. even she said that this thing with Becky Lynch has gone on too long. It has. So, like, if the talent is saying 
that? Like, come on, again, man. So this is this is an interesting problem to have coming from the era of Vince McMahon, where nothing lasted long enough, and everything just happened for no reason um, for for wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> literally, things just happened because wrestling, and like. Okay, cool. I'm glad we have longer storylines. Actually, so grateful that we have long storylines. It's a beautiful thing. But sometimes there comes a point when they need to stop and we need to move to the next thing. Like, it just not every storyline needs to go bloodline levels long. No, some (laughs) some need to stop there. there, there, There's there's room for long storytelling like a medium storytelling and then like, you know, maybe like week to week things you can fit them all in there. Not all of them had to be long. Yep. So true. And with that note, one last stock falling, Jack Perry. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok and YouTube at let me pod to you. can follow Dimitri at Dimitri talks. You can find me if you want at we hate Jack Perry. Please give us <laughs> a review on your chosen podcast platform. We're on every major network. Have a great week, everybody, but Jack Perry. Let me pod to you. Let me. Let me pod to you. Let me.